Hi everyone and welcome to this edition of the Forum Meets where I am joined by Emma Botfield from RS Group. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here Emma. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to digging into your career a little bit. I've known you for years um, but your background is is so vast and varied and uh, and, and, and you've taken such a trajectory, I think, through your career as well. Uh, really inspirational to anybody that kind of puts some faith in themselves and their own capabilities and abilities. You can build a really successful career. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to getting into it. So for those that don't know you, um, which I'm sure there'll be a few, I, I don't know why they wouldn't know you, but you know, there <laughs> might be the odd person that doesn't. Um, by way of introduction, just you know, go through your career today and. And a little bit around how you fell into and, and ended up working within our industry, whether that's the contact centres, in customer experience, customer operations, what kind of drew you in and kind of held you there. Um, I think it's a, it's a nice story to tell. So, yeah, welcome, Emma, and, and over to you. Uh, thanks, Chris. Um, I, too, am looking forward to our, our conversation and, and sharing it with the, the members and hopefully... There are bits of interest in there for others <laughs> to find. Um, so um, originally, I think customers falling in, working with customers, you generally fall into that. And, I, and it's certainly when I started my career, um, I'd done a year at college, accounts, law and economics, and thought, no, actually, I want to go out and live my life and earn some money. So entered into financial services. But what I really enjoyed was speaking to different people and finding out about them and, and, and just having that variety every day. And from that, that, that led into me um, finding out about my team, you know, the colleagues that I was working with. I think I've got a natural curiosity. And I think that's how my career progressed because I just love people cliche as it sounds when people go I love working with people I think it's the curiosity about finding out about people and what makes them tick and you know the highs and lows of things that happen every day um, so progressed really and, and I think what's important is someone spotting potential or spotting something in someone that is a little bit different and giving people that opportunity um, and when I worked um, in a banking institution, I, I worked for a really inspirational female director. And this was back in the 80s. So show my age there. So very male dominated industry, um, you, you know, very siloed and, and quite hierarchical and lots of protocols. And, and she, along with my family values, just said, don't let that stop you from being who you are because she was also gay you know and, and she was true to herself and she was who she was and and she gave me the added confidence i think to just be myself and not try and fit into a mold yeah. um and the more i worked with customers both from a b2c and business to business the more I just enjoyed it because it was just meeting so many different type, types of people and I enjoyed working with teams and progressed and I, th I think one of the important things is whenever I was put on a development program I always had the mindset of 
what do I want to get out of that, this? You know, if I'm agreeing to spend time on something, even in my, the early stages of my career, there needed to be something self-fulfilling for me, you know, yeah. um, because over time what I've learned about myself is I am very purpose-driven um, and you don't know that when you're younger. You, you know what you like, you know what you don't like, um, you know what gets you get excited about, you know what you're passionate and and that's what I really enjoyed uh, and I was always open and I think it goes back to that curiosity of trying different industries. Yeah. Um, so worked in public and private finance, um, BT retail, and now found, find myself in industrial distribution. You know, <laughs> 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 who'd have thought it? <laughs> who, who'd have thought it? Um, and, and customers are so important because without them, businesses do not survive. Um, and I think they're taken for granted. Yeah. So, and it's what I mean. They are the most infuriating and the most kind of rewarding of, yeah. Yeah. of, of, of kind of conversations that we can have with customers. And just, you know, I think developing that way of thinking, I think, you know, it's always common, common themes for me when I speak to people around career trajectory, always comes back to there was somebody or something that kind of gave them the self-belief to move forward. Typically it's a person that they've worked alongside and, you know, you've, explain there that, that that one person that gave you that belief in yourself to go and be bold and be challenge and yeah. be yourself and all those types of things and I think that's really important I, I think you know the irony of it if it's ironic I don't know but if you go full circle now you're that person to many others now I think I think there is yeah. you know the people that I speak to that work with you how hold you in such high regard that you know in five years time when i'm talking to them they're going to say well it was emma that gave me that kind of impetus to be myself and be brave and be bold and and, and go for it um so i think you know that reflective value i think you know you saw the importance of it in your career and now you're able to be that conduit for others i think it's really powerful and uh all, all power to you for it i think it's uh it's it's is amazing um so one of the things i want to kind of get into a little bit and it leads back to that a little bit is around just development really and you've always been somebody that has been really focused on professional development whether it's been your own development and kind of looking at your skills and capabilities and learning new things but also you you know you you really empower the teams and the individuals around you to develop and learn how you know how and why have you managed to get that to a point where it's so highly valued by you individually but valued by the people around you as well to go out and, and do something there's no silver bullet answer and i think it go it fundamentally it goes back to curiosity yes. you know so I knew I loved working with people um, and I knew I wanted to find out about what made them tick so I did NLP you, you know in, ter in terms of that to find out more I, I loved solving problems and I thought well, well what can we do what learning is out there to help me do that in a better way a more you, you know Maybe I'm lazy. I just want to be more efficient and effective because I, I don't want to spend too much 
wasted energy on stuff. So I did Six Sigma. So it was always things that I was passionate about, yeah. but that was, that was linked to development. And same with coaching. You, you, you know, not everybody can be a great coach, and and you have to put time and effort into gaining those coaching skills. And I, I can remember doing my ILM Level Seven coaching and thinking. Yeah, I went in with the perception coaching was quite easy or you'd find it natural because I was coaching at that time. I was coaching people on calls and things, you know, but actually it's a skill set. So anything that you want to do that you're passionate about and want to do well, you've got to invest something, whether that's time, you know, it could be self-funding, but whatever it is, you have to be committed to do that investment. Um, And I think in terms of my teams, I've always talked about, you know, what is it that they're passionate about and and do they know everything, you know, about that subject? And they invariably always come back and go, no, because people don't like digging themselves up generally. Um, and, and so you can go, right, well, how do you want to learn more about that? And I think it is so important. And any organisation that I've worked with is really about understanding people you know not just having a menu of of training courses it's about really what is it we're trying to achieve you you know what are the outcomes we're trying to to really create you know I talked especially in the customer world you don't get many customers that go I'm just taking the time to phone you today to go how brilliant you are as an organization you know (laughs) <laughs> so it, we, we used to talk about well it's problem solving skills it, it's it's this it's that it's rapport building but what does that mean and why is it important to connect on a human level um and and so so people start you started to see and feel people's passions about that hence you go well why don't you develop in those areas um and i think now i've moved into an md role and can see at my leadership team level but now in other disciplines like sales like marketing like product and supplier management it's the same process they're in that area of the business because they're passionate about it but there's always an underlying reason why they're passionate and we just have to make sure that we're committed to development but the right development not just tick box exercises And I think that's the value, isn't it? It's that thing of going, if we're just doing a training course to tick a box for the end of year review or whatever, we've, we've lost all the value in that. Exactly. There's, just, there's just no point. Um, but I think it's, it's right that, you know, it's that thing of, we, we talk about it a bit around that kind of future skills. So where do you want to be and where do you want to go? So you yeah. might not need those skills today, but you might need that skill and capability in the future if that's the trajectory you want to go on the, the, the pathway you want to go on, whatever it might be so think about those future skills so you're working towards something so going back to your point you become a little bit more goal orientated because you want to get to that end that end state yeah and you, you've hit a great point there chris you know future state but when i moved into um in into this business you know we're a digitally led business which lots of businesses are i knew nothing about performance marketing i knew nothing about ppc seo and all these acronyms and it's you know it was like a dark art but if you want to be able to either have an opinion or to influence 
or to to be able to understand the benefits to the business, the customer, the supplier, then you have to go and learn, seek to understand, yeah. and then you can go, okay, I know enough, and that's satisfied what I need to know, or actually that that's driven something in me that I want to go and learn and explore more and extract the value. Yeah, and that's Look, a really good point. And I think. <laughs> 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 uh, that's a really good point and so think, thinking about that so in terms of you know there's there's, there's two bits isn't there there's the your your responsibility as a leader to open up the, the 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 kind of learning culture essentially as they you know the culture is you learn and you can develop and you can do that but some of it has to they have to take some personal responsibility for that going, going on it, it all, all comes out of that personal responsibility um how do you kind of give them that freedom really to 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 kind of make sure they are focusing on themselves a little bit and not being too task orientated yeah lots of leaders talk about empowerment so easy to say hard to do because with empowerment comes accountability yeah lots, lots of people say i want to develop i want to be this i want to be that and go well, what are you going to commit to do and, and I think it's by creating the time um, and encouraging, and, and I think this is coaching, coaching leaders to allow what's important and what isn't, what, it, what is going to help you perform better. So how are you going to meet both your professional and your personal goals? And I think that, that, that goal orientation is absolutely critical, but you do need the scaffolding and the support to keep people on track you know, because they will hit bumps in the road and then time becomes the easiest excuse. I would yeah. be doing that. So it's encouraging leaders to go, if it was that important to invest time to begin with and or money, why is that suddenly not important yeah. now? Um, so I think it's that reinforcement. And for us here, we hold so many regular sessions where we talk about people and yeah. development. It's not like the police, but but it's a genuine interest in progress being made. You know, and if people have opted out, we make sure that they understand that's their choice, their yeah. responsibility, and they can't, you know, moan and whinge about that later down the line if they're not progressing in their career as much as they like so it, it's an adult to adult environment but also committing and staying part of the bargain that we are going to free up the time to do that yeah i think that's the thing is that you got you make a great point that sometimes time becomes the great excuse if you want yeah. to call it for want of a better word but we, we see it a lot don't we going oh it's too busy we can't do that but i think if you're right if the decision's being made that it's the right thing to do then why, why is it why is that change what has changed to make that decision different and i think then once the people start building the habit and they start doing that habit mm -hmm. and they start doing it it becomes harder then for it to um fall away from the their kind of normal day-to-day -day routine and it doesn't yeah. have to be you know it doesn't have to be lengthy courses like just you know reading reading little bits and pieces articles just listening to something like this for example kind of you know, and, and getting some ideas and tips to, to to kind of move you forward it's all learning just how other people go about things i think 
yeah, it's right. You create the right environment and the right culture, and then people will come along and do what they want to do and take that responsibility. And I think you're right on the flip side to that, for those that don't want to do that or invest their time in their own development, then, you know, laying it down and saying, well, that, that there's, you know, this is not the consequence, that's not the right word, but, you know, it's, that's your choice, your choice as an adult not to do that. We'll still support you and this is what we've got available if you change your mind or you want to progress or whatever it is. But if you don't want to, we're not going to chastise you for it. We're just going to, you know, be clear that it's your choice to do that. Yeah, but but also, and, and being clear that, you know, what's good today isn't good tomorrow. You know, our world is changing more rapidly than anyone could have foreseen um, and will continue to do so, right? Yeah. So if someone chooses not to develop, then somehow they've still got to up their game because expectations of customers increase. You know, yes. if you're in a PLC, expectations of shareholders increase. If you're in a public sector, the demands on those increase. So, you, you know, the status quo isn't an option. So personally, you've either got to decide how you're going to get there without development yeah. or you're a superhero and you've got a magic power that I don't know about. <laughs> you're right it changes that quickly our approach to things change and we're driven by different things aren't we we're driven by society in a lot of cases and you know if you even go back I mean, i've been 22 years or something contact centers and you know if you go back 22 years to now it's night and day in terms of culture in terms of behavior in terms of attitudes um, and it's probably been a quicker transition in the last few years than the, probably the 15 years that, that kind of preceded that, just because of what's happened in the world. But also we, we kind of, you know, looking at things like diversity and, 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 and those types of kind of social attitudes have changed to a lot of things. And we've got to adapt and we've got to grow and we've got to behave differently. And if you don't adapt and grow and behave differently, you'll soon get left behind. Yeah. And, and I think... I agree. And if you're a leader of people, I think this is the most transitional time ever because you will have multi-generational teams yeah. with mega different motivators. Yes. You, you know, so keeping a team of people, you, you know, engaged, inspired, motivated through a number of different generations is, is a tough gig. So, but you've got to seek to understand what makes those different yeah. people tick because the world has changed so quickly yeah uh, you, you know especially in the last couple of years yeah. especially in the last couple of years anything that we thought was really future focused impossible to do everything now is possible because i think we've yeah. proven that to ourselves yeah and that's it it's, it's no longer the art of the possible is it it's like kind of we've made, we've made the impossible happen so now how do we build on that how do we maintain that how do we create a new kind of i, I was speaking earlier and I, I call it the new era of kind of customer service or contact centers or whatever you want to call it we're moving into a into a new phase of the industry in yeah. terms of how, who we recruit how we recruit who's in there where we manage people from how we manage people it, there's so many more factors to consider today than there was even five years ago yeah, I would, it's it's ridiculous. Um, and you're right. If you if you know if you don't invest that time, you 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 just you're going to struggle to keep up. And 
if the, the more you struggle to keep up, the harder it is then to maintain the momentum that you need from your team, your people, and you know you, it'll soon become, it'll soon create more problems than it's solving for sure. Yeah, definitely. And it, and erode your own self belief and yes. erode your own sense of value and your own yeah. job satisfaction. So it's yeah. a perpetual cycle. Yeah, and, and and you talked about before, you know, if you you know if you go back and you think, you know, what role do we want people to play, especially in in terms of a management role, coaching plays a key part in that. But coaching, I'd say, didn't exist. It did exist, but not in the probably in the same kind of forefront of people's minds as it does today and over the last couple of years. That kind of you know the emergence of that coaching culture and things like that have have really grown. I think, and you see, it's more commonplace now. To your point, it's a real defined skill. And a lot of people in those roles, in those leadership roles, we wouldn't have employed them for their coaching capabilities at yeah. the time. We, we, we employed them to be transactional managers mm. or people. Yeah. Um, and now we want them to be, you know, a mentor, a coach, uh, a psychologist, yeah. uh, a shoulder to cry on in some cases. We've got a lot of different skills that we need now from our leaders to be able to do it um so we've got to find the right balance haven't we now we've got to make sure that we don't we, we don't leave people behind um but make sure that there is the right support mechanisms available for people to develop into these new roles that have kind of been created and and, and i think that's true for you know people who are working across many channels supporting our customers because I think coaching customers is going to be more customers have so much choice yeah so much choice that and and some of them will have the time to do the research and be absolutely 100% on the decision that they've made yeah others we're all time poor right we have reprioritized over the last two years in terms of what's important but we're still time poor so i think customers need that coaching to go am i taking the best solution you know yeah. people don't want to be sold to anymore they want to be coached so coaching i, I think is going to be a really important skill across the board whatever yeah. level you are in an organization the ability to coach is is really going to come to the forefront. And I, I, that's a really important point. You know, we, we've made things so open for customers in terms of how they interact, when they interact, what they can do with us, what they can self-serve, what what. Do they, but you're right. It's now for those that do want to talk to us or get in touch with us or have a conversation with us, whatever it is. It's it's about helping them make the right decision and not. Yeah and not forcing a decision on them. So you're right, it becomes, we are starting to coach our customers. So that's a, it's a, that's a real shift in how we deliver service. Yeah, it, it is, it is. Uh, you, you know, I was looking at energy tariffs and you've got Martin Lewis in the back of your head yeah. and as a customer and you go, well, do I go for this one? Do I go for that one? I haven't got the time to research and I haven't got the, you, you know, I want to speak to someone that's going to go, what are my needs? Yeah. This is this is you know this seems suitable. This is what I'd encourage you to look at because I know there's regulations and everything, but yeah. people just need to be supported. I think through those customer journeys and and through through that service requirement. Yeah. We we have to take a more proactive approach, don't we, to to how we deal with the changing marketplaces, regardless of the industry that you're in. I think yeah. there's a bit that says 
you know, customers are starting to respond more favorably when you are being a bit more proactive and saying, you know, actually I've noticed this is a probably probably a better option for you. Yeah. And what you're currently doing and having that conversation, you know, and, and, and not not but take to your point, then creating time for customers to make the right decisions rather than panicking, you know, if you get the end of a contracted term or something, whether yeah. it's your mobile phone or your insurance or whatever it is, you come to the end of it and then it, all the effort's on you, isn't it? In a lot of yeah. cases, like to compare and you're doing this, doing all these different things. And I think if we can shift that paradigm a little bit and go, you're coming to the end of the contract based on the last 12 months or two years or whatever it is, we would recommend this as yeah. a better option for you. You know, it's just being a bit more, giving giving a bit more back, um, it'll probably help us going forward. But it's a new skill, it's a different way of doing things, so we've got to be prepared to deal with that. Yeah. Really good point. So talk us through that. If, one of the things that I, you know, I kind of am interested about is, you know, a career that's been varied you've gone through like i say you've done public and private sector you've you know you've done a lot of different roles but for as an individual if i'm new to the industry or i'm coming in i'm just getting onto a learning journey or i'm looking at skills development what are some of the key things that you'd say right if you're serious about progression and you're serious about your own development what would be the top kind of tips or or, or kind of ideas you can give people just to say, look, you know, these if you do these three things, you'll you'll move yourself forward. So I think there are two types of people. There are people that will have a clear career plan in their head. You know, there yeah. are some people that go in five years' time, I want to be MD, CEO, team manager, whatever it is. And there are some people which was like me, we're going. I know I want a career and I know I want to do well, but I'm just not sure how I'm going to get there. You know, so I think there are two types of people. But I also believe that underlying the things, hints and tips that would help both would be going, being true to yourself, you know, not try, trying to be something else to fit into a organisational culture or a stereotypical design of a role. You know, that is the most important tip I, I can give. Being true to who you are, because it's really hard to change your beliefs and values. Understanding them, but appreciating that you have to take in different perspectives. Yes. Yeah. So you can be true to yourself. That doesn't mean you blinkered and going my way is the best way. That's just understanding who you are um, and, and what you stand for. So, so that's number one. I, I think the second one is that curiosity to try something new. Um, and whether that's development or whether that's a, new, a different role, a different industry, that curiosity to go, how does that, how does that work and why does that work? And I want to go and explore and, and, and know more. And I think finally, from a developmental perspective, what are you really passionate about? What really excites you, enthuses you to go and, and do more? Um, because, you know, whatever career pathway you take, there'll be things that you're really passionate about and there'll be things that, you just have to do what you don't enjoy doing. And, and, and that goes back to 
do I know enough to do those things I don't like doing to do them well and of the standard expected? Yeah. But where can I really apply my strengths around what I'm passionate about and accelerate either the progress as an individual or the progress of an organisation um, or the progress of my career? And, yeah. and I, I think those, those are the three things I would I would really say. No, that's a really interesting point. We're all guilty of it. I think sometimes we the stuff that we don't enjoy doing that that's all. It's always the thing that ends up bottom of the to do list. Yeah. Isn't it? You kind of, you know, you, you know, I'll sit down at the beginning of the week and I go, right, I've got these things to do. So, you know, something like this really enjoys so that's top of the list. Make sure I, I, I'm getting prepared for doing this and all that type of stuff. But I've got to update Salesforce. That oh well, I'll, I'll leave that for a day because I've, you know, it's that admin stuff that don't really, don't really excite me. But we're right. But you've still got to do it. You've still got to kind of make sure you, you're doing the things that. The, the transactional things that you have to do in, in, in regardless of role, regardless of seniority, no matter where you go in your career, you will always have those things to do. They will always be there. Yeah. But you're right. Then where is where can I spend the time where I can continue to add value and get enjoyment from my work? Because if you flip it the other way and you spend more time doing the non-value add or the non-kind of passion projects or whatever they might be here, that's when you start to become disengaged. Yeah. And you start to become demotivated and you start going, I don't like my job. But in reality, you love your job. You're just focusing on the wrong things in your job, which is yeah. causing you to dislike it and starting to have that wandering eye and looking at a different role or whatever it might be. So I think it's right. Having the right kind of time and balance of the stuff you're passionate about, the add value, and then the stuff that you've just got to do. It's it, Yeah, that's good advice. I like that. Yeah, and, and if you're building teams around you, like, you know, when I look at my leadership team, we're very, we're diverse in nature, we're diverse in culture, right? So, you know, you want people to play to their strengths. So that is really key as you're building your leadership teams as, you, as your career progresses, you have to have that mix and balance but also everyone has to be open to bring that to the table. So, yep. you know, when someone in my team is talking and it's really about the things that don't excite me, you've got to be committed to listen and understand because you know they're holding the ring on something and, and safeguarding you as a team. And, and that I've seen that come into play more, you know, diversity, inclusion, they're not just words around ethnicity, uh, gender, you, you know, LGBTQ+. It's about diversity of thought and perspectives. And yeah. that's when you get the, the the most out of your team. That's it. it, it it's quite, it, it does worry me sometimes, the, the, the diversity, inclusion agenda. Not in the not in the wrong way. You know, it's... It, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we are, we're kind of pigeonholing it over here, but actually it's broader sometimes. It is, it's, it's you know... It's diversity of everything, you know, a different opinion. You know, we, we would never get where we are ever if we didn't have a different opinion. If everyone exactly. thought the same and felt the same and acted in the same way, we would never innovate, we would never move forward, we'd, we'd never do anything. And I think we've got to be mindful that we don't we don't stop people from being able to share those things. And yeah. you're right, something that's not your passion or, you know, it doesn't impact you in a day-to-day, -day, you still need to understand it because it's someone else's passion and yeah. it's, it's someone else that's going to be impacted by it every day just because it's not you it, it it will be impacting somebody else so yeah i think that's I, that you know it's that's 
it just I just think we've got to be really open-minded about how we move forward but culturally societally whatever we want to, you know socially all these things we need to take into account now um and make sure we're not stereotyping stereotyping exactly. and in a different way yeah you know it's you know it's like it's like the evolution of stereotyping we've, it is. You know, yeah it's just we've got to be careful um so i think there's a couple of things left that i want to kind of talk about if we can and then um just kind of get your thoughts on how we move forward as an industry in the future and some of these things but one of the things that you've talked about a bit is developing those teams around you and having that you know i always say when we see successful organizations and we see successful people typically that's because the team around them is performing at a very high level and and you know and that's individuals with that varying skill sets and varying capabilities and passions they're collaborating and they then work together and that's what, where the success comes from it's not all on one person and, and mm -hmm. what so you know if you look at that and that development of your team or the, the recruitment into those teams what what are the types of things you personally look out for in an individual to kind of a help push that team forward so you, you kind of if they're, if you're already in a high performing state bringing someone in you don't want to derail what's already happening so how do we make sure we're building the right ethos the right cultures the right behavior but how do we kind of spot that in an individual i know it's not an easy question to answer i, I, I struggle to answer it myself but it's yeah. you, you know we we don't apologize here for having a re very rigorous recruitment process because i i believe a recruitment process is a two-way thing you know yes you're interviewing somebody to join your organization but they they should also be interviewing you to make sure it's a right fit for them and we're going to get the best out of them and they walk into the organization eyes open so um i think transparency is key in terms of that the culture that you work and operate in and the standards that you set and the ambitions that you've got as an organization um i don't see there's any point in, in just talking marginal you, you know you have to set the bar high in terms of of where we want to go so recently you know i've had to create a new leadership team because previous incumbents have all moved on to different roles within the yeah. organization or broader roles etc um so i've been fortunate to be able to create a team and i've, I've always done that through my career it's about really setting that ambitious target in terms of what we want to achieve whether we get there or not it's an ambition right yeah. so i think finding and and if you can see that someone isn't you know in awe of that in in terms of it doesn't they don't shrink and, and go gosh that that you know do i really want to go somewhere so I, I think you can tell from some things around there oh, i spend a lot of time talking about who the person is as an individual um, if they've got through screening or stage one or stage two, you know their competencies are there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? And it isn't all about give me time when you've done this. It's more about who is the individual, what makes them tick, what motivates them, what 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 demotivates them, um, yeah. and how are we going to create the best environment to get the best out of them? So, and it's really interesting when you start to ask those questions because people 
rarely like to talk about themselves and what's the environment that's going to make them thrive and it's funny how lots of people go back to well I've done this at this job and I've done that and we go no 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 we're talking about you as an individual um so we we've turned it on its head and made it more about the individual rather than the competencies because we can give people the skills yeah you know we we can train people um on processes and technology but it's it's I think it's more and more now around around the individual and who they yeah. are how they think how they how they you know everyone works slightly differently don't they? and i think when you go into that and it's probably unnerving for people because i think you're right you're going to you're going to, you, you don't want to say the wrong thing do you so yeah. you, kind of, you, you want to make sure you're going to fit with a culture but you don't want to say something that's too out there that, that kind of goes so are they are they going to be the right fit you know you, you kind of you've got to balance it but i think if you can dig into that person's personality their way of thinking i think we've all got we've all got as little quirks about us i think you know if you look anyway just it is what it is yeah. isn't it but it's that it's the ability to adapt to the environment that you're working in is when you'll become successful and and we've got that philosophy philosophy all the way through so if when when i talk to michelle and she's recruiting into the contact centers she'll talk to people about their hobbies so and when people start to talk about the hobbies, that's when the passion comes out. And you, you'll find, you know, the creativity in people, but they just take that for granted. It's like if you did ask them a question, tell me a time when you've done a creative whatever. You know, tell me about your hobby. Well, I love writing and playing music. Well, there, there's creativity coming out. Or, you know, I, I love art or something. So we try and find questions that are about people that will draw out really good skills and you know i'll talk about you know household family or whatever and, and caring because you'll find in some families they might be caring for their parents or for siblings or for something so it becomes you, you can just see the skills and traits and behaviors that that you want in a good person without people okay. feeling you, you know i've got to give an example of this that yeah. and the other yeah, you, you can kind of clear the way, Kai, and, and then you get to understand people's passions. Uh, that's a key thing, again, and what motivates people. Yeah. And that, for me, understanding what motivates people is the key to getting the best out of them. And we can't motivate everybody in the same way. No. But we've tried to do that so much. If we look back over the history, you know, you look at incentive programmes, look at all these different things, everyone being kind of, this is the same target everyone's got. And then yeah. you go out and some people thrive on, on that and others couldn't care less about it. And, yeah. and then you, you see your performance. But I think if you can focus on the individual through that process, understand what motivates them, what the passions are, you can then tailor development as much as you need to, to get the best out of them. And, and I think it's a really, really good approach. I'd like to see more people taking it, I think, through the recruitment processes for sure. Yeah. Well, it's well, worked for us. It's, worked, it's definitely worked for us. Excellent. So lastly, I'm going to wrap up in a minute. Um, I know you're very busy, so I, I, and I'm so grateful that you've managed to spend some time with me today. Um, we talked a little bit about earlier, the, the changing pace of our industry, you know, whatever it is, customer service, customer experience, those things is, is changed. Last couple of years has, has changed it immeasurably and probably mm -hmm. it's, it's, that, it's a generational shift, I think, in terms of that. Um, 
but we see it all the time you know the infrastructure change society changes culture people all these things have to change and challenge the way we think the way we act the way we behave the way we kind of support people um what do you think the next evolution is or what do you think the next challenge is that we're going to face as an industry or are we already in that challenge and we've not solved it yet or is there something else we've got to keep as eye on just to make sure we're prepared for it i think we're in that challenge right now i think you know if i think of myself as a consumer and and i talk to to customers and i you know i make sure i talk to customers a lot even in, in my role because that's where the rubber hits the road i think there's a disillusionment around experience and service um, I think some organisations have used the pandemic as an excuse. Um, and, and I think, you know, we've lost some of the passion and desire to excel around customer experience. Um, and we have to do more. And organisations have to reflect and go, if we want to go back to those levels of service and... We appreciate we are in challenging macro, in, you know, economics, supply chain, still pandemic isn't, yeah, yeah, COVID isn't going away, right? No. COVID isn't going away. But if we want to go back to providing levels of service when customers need and want it more than ever before, yeah. you know, they need reassurance, they, they need confidence and credibility, then we have to invest. And, and that might be over something sexy because we need people. And I know the skill shortages, but I, I think we have become complacent. Yeah. And we just think customers will accept a poor level of service because of macro in, the, the macroeconomics and the macro environment that, that is happening. And, and that's wrong fundamentally. I think that that's wrong. Um, and I think if we can get past that, I think the next challenge is that really personalised, proactive service experience and um, rewarding loyalty. And you're right, completely. I think there is this, not, not everyone, I think there's some great organisations yes. out there doing yes. great things, right? But I think there is this thing going, we push headlines out about what's going on to kind of excuse the poor service that people give. So, you know, we see the headlines, absence at the highest levels, uh, attrition, staff turnover at the highest levels, COVID, you know, all these headlines go out and then we hide behind them rather than kind of going, actually, we can do something about this. It's a problem we can solve rather than kind of shirking our responsibility as an organization we can we can solve this problem we just need to make like i say make a change somewhere and invest and 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 give time and support and all those things that we've built an industry on we seem to forget when going gets tough and we go actually we can we can hide behind these headlines for a bit more and people will let us off but, yeah. I, but I think i don't think they are anymore i think customers are, are not accepting that as an excuse, they're not going to accept it anymore. They, they, de they definitely aren't. And, and and there are, you know, and I pride ourselves as being one of those organisations that you, you have to, you can't compromise with customers, you, you know, or you're a brave person you, to choose to do that because ultimately 
they they are your revenue streams. They are what are coming in. And I know public sector is is is, is different because they are wanting and needing services, but more people need those services. So choices over investment have to be made. And I, I just don't think you can compromise on customer experience. Uh, you know, Invest in the right things that are going to make the right improvements for your people and your customer. Yeah, short-term pain investment-wise for longer-term gain. No, 100%. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, told you in 45 minutes we hit pretty much. I was like, um, but yeah, no, thank you. Um, really, really appreciate you spending some time. There's some real good insights there. I think for anybody listening to this, watching this, will will take a lot from this conversation. So thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I look forward to seeing you hopefully soon. Um, we will we will see each other. I think it was November the last time we saw each other. So um, it seems seems ages ago, but also only yesterday. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's amazing how time's flying. But uh, yeah, been been lovely to speak to you. Um, thank you very much, uh, and I, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Emma. Thanks, Chris. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much.